Hey guys, this is the Damage Control Podcast, and I'm Anthony Angelillo. And I'm Melinda Grimaldi. Are you ready for our next episode? Let's get down to business. Anthony Angelillo, branch manager over here with Paramount Residential Mortgage Group, CEO, founder of Tag Team Nation, um, which is a marketing uh, tech company and uh, co-host of Damage Control DC Consultants uh, with uh, you know, Melinda Grimaldi and top originator of the year for Miami Agent Magazine. And we're, we're kicking ass this year. So I am thankful to have Julie on this uh, show with Melinda um, you know, as my co-host. But you know what's crazy is that we listened to her speak and um, we, uh, we were on, what's the app called? I'm losing my mind right oh, now. Oh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, holy crap, Jesus. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, man, She's got so many golden nuggets. Let's get her on the show. And you just, you tore that clubhouse a new one and you gave us so much information. So we're, we're thank you to have you on the, on the show. This is going to be good guys. It's going to be good. So I'll let uh, Linda speak. Hi everyone. Melinda Grimaldi, real estate attorney and uh, co-host here of Damage Control. We have um, the closers title now that we recently launched. We are in full swing with that company, of course, and Grimaldi Law Firm as my firm. And we are we we specifically picked this topic today because we really felt there was a need, um, and not all you know agents are getting some information that they need, whether it's through their broker, whether it's through the board, whether for whatever, whether they're not not seeking it out or they don't realize that the resources are there. So we want to use this as an avenue to help educate and shine some light on some things that, you know, agents really need to know. So with that, we thought um, Julie was the perfect person to join us today. Uh, so Julie, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit about your, your, your team, your company, and then we'll get started. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Julie Sidarevskaya. I am the broker owner of Julie's Realty, which was started in 2007 when the market was crashing. And now our office is based out of North Bay Village. We have about 130 agents and growing. We also have another location in downtown Miami and just looking to grow, expand, and yeah, and kick some butt. Uh, amazing. Awesome, man. So you <laughs> launched in 2007? I yeah. Know. Wow, yeah. man. 2007. So I had to learn a lot, adapt. Right. And, and yeah. really just learn how to survive in this market that everybody was getting out of. So, yeah, it was definitely interesting times to say the there's, least. There's room for opportunity, though, right? Because every, everyone was like bouncing, right? Yeah. Or like taking off or playing scared. And you're like, no, I'm here and I'm going to do this. So that's awesome. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I had to adapt and I was like, if I'm going to survive, what do I need to do right now at this moment to survive in this business? What's selling? Well, foreclosures were selling. So how do I get myself in front of the right people and show them what I can do and prove myself that I am the right person for them to have on board? And that's exactly what I had to do. And I was just starting out. So it was definitely a lot of hard work and dedication and a lot of proving that I had to do in order for these relationships to blossom into really what they are today. And that really has really launched my company because initially when I started my company, it was not having the, the intention of the growth that we've had, which has all been very organic, you know, and that just speaks for itself. But yeah, it was definitely interesting. And, you know, I love that. And, and that's a good lesson for anybody because there's challenges in any market. Like right now we have our challenges. It's crazy in a good way because you know there's a lot of transactions happening but it's also very challenging right as an agent if you're coming in now you you know there's you have to learn the ropes but you also got to learn what's happening now and like how to navigate now and you can't be mediocre right so right now mediocre is not getting you anywhere so and there's a lot of mediocre you know agents or they think that being mediocre can get you far and it's not and I think that there's a lot of frustration because agents are like oh this is impossible you know I can't get my offer accepted but what are you doing to get your offer accepted you know how are you presenting your offer what exactly how are you presenting it are you just sending something and hoping that it sticks well that's not going to work that didn't really work before, although you probably had a little bit better luck in getting it done that way. Now, for sure, that doesn't work. So right now, more than ever, you have to be that agent that people will come to. That level of professionalism, that level of knowledge has to be on the top. 
you know, and even though you're starting out or you're a brand new agent, that's okay. Everybody starts somewhere, but you have to have the passion, the drive to be the best version of yourself and not be mediocre. You know, mediocrity that just doesn't get you far in any business. Anything, right? Anything in life. (laughs) I literally just had this conversation before the show about an hour ago. And I was was speaking to one of my sales reps. I said uh, that we had a call that was random yesterday and and she uh, was from Orlando and she called in and she found us on Google. I'm like, did you solidify a, a confirmation on a Zoom meeting to take an application? No, that's going to be on Saturday. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? I went to Home Depot to get uh, a grill cover. They didn't have the cover. I went to the Flagler Home Depot. I picked up the damn cover. I went there to go get it. So I told the sales rep, I'm like, look, call her back, confirm a damn time. So what you're saying is so important. Go get it. Don't wait for it. Go get it. Make it work. It's definitely not going to fall in your lap right now. (laughs) No, no, no. And these are the times, honestly, these are the great times to get into this business because you have no other choice but to be the best version of yourself and to really grow. So if you could survive in this market and make it happen right now, um, I think you could make it in any market. So this is just forcing you to be really like on your A game with everything that we do right now. Like now is the time to step it up. I love it. I love it. Okay. So... How many of your agents would you say out of the ones that are in your brokerage are newer agents? And newer, I mean, either less than two, three years or just only a handful of transactions? I would say, yeah, I would probably say that actually 25 to 30% of my agents are new agents. And I love that. I love when my agents come in and they don't have any bad habits, right? Mm. And we get to... Um, groom them and teach them and and blossom with the right tools and the right mindset, because that's one of the things actually that a lot of agents um, do. And that's one of the biggest mistakes is just coming in with bad habits, you know, joining their friend because it's a friend and being comfortable because it's their friend, but being comfortable is not going to cut it. You need to get uncomfortable in order to grow. So it's like, who do you really want to be uh, make sure that you align yourself with those type of people, with those, you know, with um, that have that kind of mindset that you want to have. You may not be that person right now, but who do you want to be? You know, what do you see yourself in this business and where do you want to go? So you definitely want to make sure you align yourself with those type of people. And there are so many brokerages available, right? And they all offer different things. They have a different broker. They have different systems. Some are online. Some are more hands-on. So like, who are you? Be real with yourself. And what's important for you? Is it important for you to be really hands-on and you like that human interaction of actually coming physically into an office and sitting in front of a person and, and learning with a piece of paper? Or are you okay with doing a Zoom training? Are you okay with just calling somebody on the phone and doing it yourself? Or are you okay training yourself by going and seeing the videos that have been uploaded and learning like that, right? So again, just being real to yourself, honest with yourself on what's important for you, how do you learn, and what kind of team do you want to have as your backbone? And one more thing in that is too, is like what kind of accountability do you want to be get, like have with your, your brokerage, the team that you're working with? Because you know, that that's not equal across the board. Some, you know, you're on your own and you do what you got to do. And then there's like every version other than that, right? From what I've seen. So um, if you're, you know, and I think in the beginning stages, you really need someone to hold you accountable to do the things that really need to be done as a newer agent. Um, and it's not just going out to lunch and uh, ending your day early and well, uh, going to a happy hour. What do you like to do? We'll go to a happy hour. Let's do yeah, no, those happy hours are all fine and dandy until you got to pay those bills, right? Right, so, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. And, and again, um, just like I said, there are different brokerages, different kind of, you know, plans and you're in business for yourself. So also understanding that although you are joining an office and you're being associated with an office, 
they're not going to do the work for you, right? right. So you got to put in the work, you got to put in the hours and you got to produce. They are not going to do it for you. Yes, they may give you give you a referral, but guess what? That referral is just magically not going to close itself. You got to still put in the work. You still got to pre-qualify. You still got to ask the right questions. You still got to know how to use your MLS. You still got to know how to contact the listing agent or figure out how to properly read the MLS sheet and know what are the proper steps and protocols, right? And as a new agent, it can be very overwhelming. Of course, I'm speaking right now and it's all things that I've already gone through, but I understand new agents because I deal with new agents in my office. You know, 25 to 30% of, of agents that I have in my office are new agents. And so I asking the right questions, like trying not to figure it out on your own and make those mistakes, you cannot afford to make those mistakes. So right now, it's very important that whatever office you're associated with, whoever is your mentor, that you ask the right questions in order to make sure that you're not, you know, you're, you're not wasting your time, but also you're not doing an injustice to your client, your customer who has hired you to get a job done. Yeah, let me, ask, sure. you, let me ask you a question, Julie. Um, is there a learning management system in your office? And what are you doing to train these newer agents? Because you're you're making my head spin right now with stuff that you know we need to do in our office. And I'm thinking, how do, how does one retain information? I need video. I need to watch the video and look, you know, um, look at the video content to really educate myself. But you mentioned hands-on paper um, and physically doing it yourself. Are there ways and techniques that you you use in your office? Absolutely. So we we have some pre-recorded classes that we've done. We used to do before COVID, and this is what I like to do is more in-person type classes. They're more personable. I feel like people connect a little bit more because they're inside of a class, right? Although there are other advantages of doing it online or pre-recorded where you can just tune in whenever. So we have taken advantage of the technology and Zoom and a lot of our classes that we've done previously have been recorded. Now we're transferring them to another technology platform through Teachables and that's where we have them available on demand. And so agents can go in and basically whatever transaction they're working on, we're trying to label our classes accordingly. So when they have an issue that let's say they just wanna go and uh, watch a class as it pertains to that subject matter, they'll be able to do that. Um, some agents, like I said before, are a little bit more hands-on. They actually need to have a piece of paper. They need to see it, touch it, um, and really understand that subject. So we have different ways, and we understand that everyone learns the same way and retains information the same way. So it just really is important that the person that is seeking to be taught is true to themselves. And it just goes back to that. But we definitely have um, the technology available of the pre-recorded classes. And then also weekly, we are hosting now starting to do more in live sessions of different classes as well. And I have a team lead in my office that is doing a weekly session with agents. And it's basically like a course with, uh, with different modules that are being taught. And then you have to come in from the beginning of the class. And I believe he's doing it like in six or 10 session intervals. Nice. I love that. Technology is a great way to kind of have it as a, even if you teach it live, you know, there's people who always had that question or what was it again, or like as a refresher or let me watch it again. So it's, it's a great strategy. We use that in-house to train our team as well. We, we record everything. Everything's written and, and if possible recorded. It prevents them from making mistakes, which segue into you know, what we're talking the about. topic for today, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about all the mistakes that, that you know, we've made. What are the, some of the mistakes, uh, Julie, that you Or that see? we've seen, because we're not, you know, that right. we've seen made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go about our mistakes, but I don't think that's the point of the show. We and listen, guys, <laughs> I, I've been in the business now, what, for almost 20 years? I still make mistakes. But you know what? I man up to my mistake. I learn from my mistake. I grow and I become better, right? And that's part of life. That's what we do. So I'm not going to say I'm perfect and that everything is is uh, without any mistakes. For that sure. Is- and I think that being open to that is one of the things that sometimes I do see as 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 a, as like an issue with some newer agents because they don't want to show that they need help. Yeah. 
they want to show, and especially to their, of course, I understand to their client, they want to, they want to feel, they want to show that they're confident in what they're doing. They want to show um, that they're in control of the, of the transaction. And I get that. But then behind the scenes, if you really don't know, you need to find out and ask for the help, you know, in the right way. Right. So whether that's with the lender you're working with, with through your broker, you need help with on, on our site. I have agents, you know, two weeks before closing, when there's a loan asking for final figures, you could tell right off the bat, they haven't done too many transactions. Cause that doesn't happen until like 24 hours if we're lucky. Right. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so trying to under like, and so, but then, the, but then, you know, speaking to the client and giving the wrong, wrong expectations is usually how these problems start because they, they pretend or act as if they understand the process and then are giving the wrong information. Then the client comes back to the lender, the title, uh, you know, the title. And then we see the dynamic of, well, why can't I get my final numbers? I need to schedule my flight. I need to do this. I need to do that. But it's, so the expectations were not made up front and the expectations is always an important topic, no yeah. matter, you know, whatever, but giving, but if you're not sure before you answer that question, if you're not sure, like a hundred percent sure, say, let me check to see if they're ready for you call say, listen, one of my first deals, can you just guide me through? When can we expect it to come out? Don't be afraid to say that. Yeah. They're afraid because the stigma of going to your manager or your team lead or your broker or your lender or title. It's the same thing. Like there's some agents who've excelled because they've come to us for, for help on how to fill out an offer, whether or not they have the support from their broker, they've still come and say, can you help me with this? How do I do this? And then they look like a pro, you know, because they're going with the information on the back end. And now I, I don't know how other people work, but I'm sure there are many others in the industry, like that are in our industries that will do the same thing. So ask, reach out for help, uh, before you put, you know, before you get that ball going down the wrong hill. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's super important to to. And sometimes you can't come back from that. Once you make that mistake, you've lost their trust. Now they won't trust you. So now anything that you say is going to be questioned and you're not going to be respected. So you're better off always saying, you know what, let me check on that and I'll get right back with you. There is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But you also have to have the right people behind you to know who you can go to like right. Linda, like Anthony, right? Like all our different partners that you know, oh, you know what? This is the person that can get me that answer. Let me reach out to them really quick. They're the knowledgeable one right now since I'm just starting out. Let me get the answer. Let me get the knowledge so that next time around, I'm going to have the confidence myself to answer it correctly. And like Melinda, you said, setting the right expectations are key, key from the beginning in anything. Because once those expectations are not met, you're not good for them anymore. You're not going to be their go-to agent for the next transaction. And you're not going to get those continuous referrals that we count on for the next deal. Right. And not only, so, so there's two routes that happen when the wrong expectations are given. It's one thing to not give expectations. It's another thing when wrong expectations are given. And when the wrong expectations are given, it could either go one way where it's you lose credibility because with your client or you put, you start the blame game and then create a very acrimonious closing process, which doesn't help anybody. Right. That happened. I've seen that happen. We probably get a couple of months like that, where there's an uh, improper expectation, usually whether it's been given by the agent, somebody else, a family member, you know, there's uh, sometimes it's not the agent themselves. It's somebody else, but by, by making sure the expectations are managed is is the crucial part of it because then you get the blame game and you start and you know it's a big community but it's a small community you i sometimes you don't want to work with someone you're going to still end up having to work with that person so you don't want to be burning burning bridges calling names doing things that really you, you just don't understand the process and then you start to like you know spray everybody with this like crazy you know, feeling, and then we have to all be smiley at the closing table. Once well, it's like all the over. Stat, <laughs> you know, there's an interesting stat, which I'm sure people have heard, but 10% of the agents do 90% of the work, right? So you are going to come across the same agent. So you definitely don't want to burn the bridges and you want to, you know, work right. It, it's so work. important. Relate r- rapport with the other professionals, the realtor, lender, everybody in the process, like we're not fighting against each other. We're all ultimately going through 
you know, to the same goal, right? Everyone wants to get close. Of course, sometimes buyers back out, there's issues, but the reality is at the end of the day, everybody wants to close. I want to close, you want to close, he wants to close, buyer wants to close, seller wants to close, agents want to close. So by, by being confrontational when you don't need to be, it's not a personal thing when you send an addendum for a credit or something. It's not personal. Some don't take it personal be polite, be kind, you know, reach out, introduce yourself. You know, if it's your first time working with somebody say, look, you know, a few kind words go a really long way saying, I look forward to working with you. It sounds silly, but building the relationship. Cause then when you need that favor, when you need that help, that's where, that's where those things come into play. And one of my signature moves that I always do, and it's true, I always smile. I'm always doing everything with a smile, right? And when you're sending text messages and when you're sending emails, it's really hard to get the emotion across. So I always make sure that everyone that receives my email knows I'm smiling and I'm happy. So I'll always end it with a smiley face. I'll always end it on a happy note because I want the other person on the other side know that they're working with a very happy you know, person that's excited about working with them as well. So one- I, I, I love that. I really love that. And, and so I always tell my team, you got to answer the phone with a smile, but you have to write your emails with a smile too, because sometimes I'm a very direct person. Mm-hmm. So with Anthony, it works because he's the same <laughs> way and we can text each other. We don't have to say good morning. We don't have to say like, right. you know, <laughs> like we go that and we do that back and forth and it works really well, but you have to know who you're dealing with. And the majority of people aren't that way. So for me, I have to intentionally say, like I have to review what I'm reading to see how it's going to be received. Because right. even though it's for me, it's like a one liner, just like, let's get things done. I, I can't be like that in this, in this industry because it seems might seem direct or harsh or whatever. So right. it's, it's a learning, a learning for me too, sometimes, especially when you're trying to get a lot of things done and you're, you're, you're you feel rushed and you want to get things out. So this is, this is what I, this is what I would suggest for any new agent. This is what we do email, text, call, video. And, and it's not in that sequential order, but the purpose is like we just talked about, people register things differently. Text message is taken out of context most of the time. I always introduce myself to the listing agent. Then we have a pre-recorded video that walks everybody through our process. Because if I haven't done business with that listing agent, they're going to know how we process and how we operate and who we are. So it's set in expectations like you ladies are talking about but also delivering messages. It's not what you say, it's how you deliver it, how you say it. And so the key is your presentation, which Julie obviously is, is nasty at when she's sending emails to, to agents. <laughs> With a smiley face. <laughs> always. I mean, I can tell you off in the beginning of the email, but then on the bottom, it's always going to end with a smiley face, no matter what. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's good stuff. That's, that's really good. And it's our constant reminder because at the end of the day, you might be mad at that. Sometimes when there are those emails that need some serious attention, don't answer it right away. Put it away. You'll get you'll get to it later. You'll calm down and you'll see you'll be better for it. Um, so we talked about, you know, relationships with the parties. Communication is key, of course. Um, you know, we see it quite. There, there's two there's two schools, right? There's the agents that disappear and there's the agents that are like like everywhere. And what, what I will say as a, as, as um, from my angle with newer agents is don't try to take over the buyer's role. Like the buyer has to be responsible for their things. You're supposed to be supporting them and what they're doing. Don't take over all communications. Don't say, do everything through me. That's not the best way, unless there's a language barrier. And then it should be a joint, a joint effort to communicate to that client. We've seen where agents have tried to usurp the communication. No, only text me or call me. Don't call my client, call me first. And that really, those always end badly. Yeah. There's always someone who's like, you didn't communicate properly. Well, you know, you asked for it one way. So actually we've implemented some new systems this week because we had one of those situations happen last week where an agent's like everything through me. And then, then at the end, I was like, but why didn't you call the client? Because you said everything through you. So like, you guys have to be very careful because then later you, you, you end up, uh, you know, the client's like, well, you said this person, you refer me to this person and now they're not calling me. No, we're calling the agent. Cause that's what was requested, you know? So, so being careful with those types of things. I don't know about you, Anthony, about, um, I think for you, communication before being under contract is even more crucial, right? Not a doubt. Like, about the process. What I would suggest in that case, because you're now touching real, a really good point, is that I would set expectations up front. I would call all parties. 
if you don't know who you're working with, and if I haven't worked with Julie, let's just say hypothetically speaking, it's it behooves that person to make that introduction, all right, to make sure that the, the guard is now dropped to understand who you're working with. Having a messenger or even a power of attorney in some cases could be a rocky situation. Now, you're dealing with high-end clients, that's different, all right? That's they're gonna have attorneys representing them, but having a lack of communication is going to make a disastrous close, man. You're just going to have a rocky boat. Um, and I wouldn't suggest it to anyone. So what you're touching up on, uh, Melinda is, is key, man. I, I disagree with any agent that's going to say, I'm going to be the messenger. All the agents that we do business with, we're collaborating and then we're calling the listing agent together. So we're having a powwow, that huddle, and we're saying, all right, here's the play. This is what it's going to be. I'm the quarterback. I'm going to deliver the touchdown. This is what you do. You're directing traffic at that point. If you got one messenger, who the hell is going to catch the ball in the end zone? You've got one person yeah. passing the pass. Who, who's catching it? So it's not a team. It's not a yeah. team. So that's, that's if I can, Yeah. Sorry. If I can just add one more thing to, to that is – when we find when well actually a contract gets fully executed and it's ready to be sent over to all the necessary parties such as the title company such as the lender i make sure that myself as well as everyone that's on my team we have a template email that gets sent out which summarizes the transaction puts in the critical deadlines to make sure that everybody's on the same page it also puts in the information in there of all the parties that are involved in the transaction. So that way, everybody can be always on the same page. Everybody knows who's doing what, who's the buyer's agent, who's the listing agent, who's the lender, who's the title company, who's the seller's rep. All that is put into one organized email with one attachment for a fully executed contract. So that way you get one email, not a hundred emails with, for the same file. And that way everybody that's involved can get to work and get to go work quickly. They know exactly what needs to be done. You know what I, sometimes the mistakes I do see though, that sometimes people do, they'll follow this procedure, but they'll add seller and buyer to the email chain when the first email goes out to the bot to the lender to the title company and th then everybody's on there right that's a no-no don't do that so if you're representing the buyer you need to send a separate email that does not include the uh listing agent or the seller in that transaction because that's a separate thing they have nothing to do with this you are dealing on the buyer side the seller is dealing on the seller side so you need to keep those two separate because i've seen and yes. especially for for buyers that are international or buyers that maybe this is their first time buying something, but they're not used to the process, then they start replying to all, then other people are involved that shouldn't be involved and it just becomes messy. Yes. So you definitely make sure you understand who you're communicating with and who the email should be directed to at all times. That, that email that, it, so, you know, there's different schools of thought. But I, that email is crucial. So whether it's a TC sending it or if it's uh, someone on your team that's doing it or yourself, it's super important. So not everyone does that. We crunch deadlines, and and but it's important to crunch the deadlines and spread it to everybody. And that's it, it's important because sometimes there's a difference on effective date. Sometimes there's a holiday that someone didn't realize, like Memorial Day, no deadlines for Monday. Everything gets rolled to Tuesday to five o'clock, right, guys? So yes. it's important to understand that. And when you're sending it out and you send it to every Everybody and everyone agrees to it. Like we double check. If we get the, the deadlines first, we're double checking ourselves. And this way we know, okay, we're all on the same page. And that's the, the purpose of those intro emails. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it really sets you up to be a prof like as uh, you look like a professional when you have that as your starting communication. On a let, me, let me just elaborate real quick because I want everyone in this uh, Zoom and, and uh, on Facebook, what Julie's saying is, is, is 100% accurate. Where I'm going to disagree, humbly disagree, is that, and she's probably going to agree with me, is that if it's a prospect or if it's a lead, then there should be people on that email thread because the accountability is key. And that's, and that's that, like, we send separate emails to parties, all third parties. And she's right. You don't want to just, that's like sending the, the preliminary CD at the end to everybody that's not balanced. That's a, a recipe for disaster. So you're going to oh, get a don't remind me. right? So in this case, that's when you're going to send it separate. But 
if you're a beginning agent and you're just getting into it and you're prospecting the lead and you're tag teaming that deal with your lender, that's when you want to be on that thread. So there's accountability on that email thread. So you understand that that reciprocation is working back and forth. Very important, man. Well, that's 1000%. What I was only referring to is once yeah, you after. have a fully executed yeah. contract, yeah. who you're sending and who's on that chain of emails is very important because it can yeah. get messy. And then For you're sure. answering questions and putting people in place unnecessarily, you know? Yeah. And so just don't cause the chaos in the beginning, you know, get with somebody that understands the process of this is your first time doing it, understand why it's being sent to one and not the other and why there are two separate email chains that should be created with different parties. Amen. So, and taking the time to educate yourself as a new agent is super important. Like we'll segue into, you know, to understand the process and get the expectations, there's a, a lot you can learn from classes, from shadowing other agents, from speaking to your broker. Take the time to do that. You know, asking your referral partners um, about what the process is. Okay, what's the next step? What can I do? Because, and understanding the roles. Who is should be doing what by when? Yeah. That is a critical thing because you need to be calling the right person or telling your client, this person is going to give you the right answer on this particular thing. If you're talking about loan rates, terms, closing costs, really, if it's in the beginning stages, it's a lender discussion, right? So don't, you don't, don't be afraid to say, let's get them on the line or let's schedule a call with the lender so we can go through all your questions. That is really how you need to be handling it because that is their department. Don't, don't go in their lane. They, they shouldn't be going in yours, you know? Whereas as a realtor, you should be the one scheduling the walk to walk through, making sure you know where the keys are going to be or how the keys are going to be delivered. Cause that's usually the agents are doing it. We still check, have that in our checklist for pre-closing. Cause you believe it or not, there's agents who come and don't know what anything about keys and haven't done a walkthrough. So we still have the communications. Um, and it seems like a simple thing, but it could really like make the, the, the taste at the end be a little bitter for a client if they don't have keys when they're signing their documents, it, you know, it, they want, that's like a figurative thing. They want that passed over, even though right. there's a code or whatever. So, so understanding your role and everybody else's role in the transaction and what you're responsible for and what they are is, is also helpful to, to know where to go, who to ask. And, and, you know, to, to help the, the, the flow of the process, right? I don't know if you guys have anything to add on that. And I, and I wanted to touch on something else really mm -hmm. quick because I wanted to make sure we have enough time to do this, but mm -hmm. the misuse of the available tools, right? So mm -hmm. we as realtors, we have so many different tools that are provided to us. And so it could be a misuse of tools or not the lack of the use of the tools that are provided, right? So we as realtors, we join the Miami Board of Realtors and right away we understand that MLS is our most important tool, right? Because that's where all the data is stored and that's how we look for listings and all that fun stuff. But there is more to that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important that although yes, when you're starting out, you wanna start making money right away, there's a lot of different tools that you guys need to understand that need to be utilized fully in order for you to be able to get your transactions to the finish line. And I just want to mention a few of them because it could be overwhelming because there are so many of them. So, and also the other thing is, although we have so many tools, sometimes people will make excuses like, oh my God, so many tools, I'm overwhelmed. Da, da, da. Write down the ones that are the most important for you. And I'm going to mention right now the ones Perfect. that I think you guys really need to focus on, which obviously you have your MLS, right? You'll be surprised how many agents come into the game and they don't know how to use the MLS and they don't take the time to learn how to use the MLS. Well, guys, you have no excuse. Since this whole COVID thing hit, the classes that were used to be in person were now all pre-recorded. And now you guys have those on demand. So you could be at night in bed watching those classes. You can fast forward, you could rewind, you can get to the part of the class that's the most important for you. So absolutely zero excuse for making sure that you learn that the MLS inside out, right? So you have um, you have MLS 101, MLS 201, MLS 301. Make sure that you learn every single one. That is your holy grail. You got to learn that system inside out um, because that's your money-making machine. So that's number one. And also understanding the fields that are in the MLS. 
it's not just the basic fields. There's a lot more fields and you as an agent that's coming into this industry, understanding it and utilizing it and inputting the information into the MLS correctly will make this whole business and this whole, you know, real estate uh, world that we live in a lot better because there are a lot of mistakes being made. And that just makes working with the MLS a little bit more difficult when you have errors being entered by humans like ourselves that don't know any better, right? So understanding what you're entering and why you're entering it is very important. It's not a difficult uh, system to use at all based on what we used to use before. It was a DOS-based system. We had to use codes and it was horrible. So now it's very easy. There's no reason why you guys don't know how to use the MLS. Um, so that's one of the most important tools. The next one is the forms tool. So we, through the Florida Realtors, we get form simplicity, which is included in our dues. You guys have to make sure you know the forms that need to be utilized for your business. If you go into form simplicity, which is the platform that we use, I love it. It's updated whenever any new form comes out, any changes, it's automatically updated. I don't need to worry about it. But there's only probably a handful of, of forms or, you know, 10 forms that we use that you will find yourself using. So find out what those forms are through your broker, your mentor, whoever it is that's helping you and make sure you know what you're filling out. Don't use your first client as the guinea pig and trying to fill out the form and fill in the blanks as you're doing it with them. And when they're asking you questions, you're like, uh, I don't know what that means. Let's read it together. No, that's not how you're going to be successful, right? So take the time before and print out the form, highlight what you don't understand, team up with someone like Melinda, ask, hey, you know what? I don't understand what this means. Can you explain to me so that when I'm in front of my client, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make this stuff up. It's very important. And that's a lot of money. So important. And, I, and I, I'm going to add to that one. Um, the simplicity allows you to create packages and take the time to say, okay, if it's a condo, I'm going to use this package. If it's like this, I'm going to, and take the time to add the, the, the riders that you need, make sure you using the, the riders that you're using are matching the contract that you're yeah. using yeah. because that happens a lot. Um, we see that happen a lot in terms of mismatching and then technically it's not a, you know, whatever anyway, but the, the, it, it's an issue. So what I, a lot of my, whether you take one of my contract class or all the contract classes that they have out there, the board has classes. Um, your, your broker is probably are teaching like everybody's has their own versions. Um, but take them, understand them, take them again, because things change or it might sit different after you've done a few deals. And, uh, and then I, with the agents I work with, the first few contracts, they send them to me on the DL. I mark them up. They learn how to do it, send it back. Then they send it to the client. They look like a pro because they had some guidance on it, you know, and, and it's only a few things. Another quick, super awesome tip is that the stars on the side of the number. So every line is numbered and there's stars. The star means something needs to be filled out. Don't be that agent that forgot to fill something out, right? So just go through at the end before you submit it. Say star. Okay, I have it there. Star. It's I do that with my team and when, before we send offers out when we're actually doing them. So it's a, it's a quick little tip and it's a, a super powerful double checker. Yeah. And I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed because although it's, you know, a packet of what I think 12 pages, the far bar contract, right? There's not a lot to fill out. So you got to just really go through the lines. I'm not saying don't read the whole contract and understand it. Yes. But to actually focus on the lines and part of the transaction that's important for you guys to understand what goes where is time that you need to invest in learning that part of it. And a lot of agents, they don't, they just wait to get the client and that's when they learn. And that's where a lot of mistakes happen. This is the biggest investment that somebody is making in possibly their life and Definitely. you're being held responsible for that. You know, I've seen, um, luckily not under my watch, but I've seen other contracts where people have lost a, a significant deposit because that agent on the other side didn't know what they were doing, you know, and it's, it's a really, it's, it's not something fun to watch. It's definitely heartbreaking, right? Because we work very hard for every penny that we earn. So you don't want to do that to a, a customer that you're representing. So really? learning your forms, understanding that. And I have to. What's the next tool? And then hold on, hold on. For the forms on form simplicity, do you have a reference of those forms? Because I'm going to ask you after the show. I, I would love to, to get Absolutely. Out. Absolutely. Right. I'll send you. We have packages that we've also put together, like Melinda has said, for different types of transactions. If it's a condo, if it's a single family, if it has an HOA, if it has a condo, um, if it has a condo association, 
So um, yeah, definitely. And I can take a picture of, or, you know, and send you the different forms or email you the blank form so you could see what I'm talking about. Awesome. Definitely. Love that. What's, what's um, the next one? IMAP, you said? IMAP. Yes. So IMAP is a tool that is linked to our MLS, or you can access it independently. And that's where you get the information for tax roll information. It gives you so much more than just tax roll, but that's where you would go to find out who owns that particular property, right? Sometimes an owner's name or the seller's name is not fully listed on the tax roll because it's a trust and it's very long. So I always see offers coming through and they're like cut off names, they're not full names. It just makes the process a little bit more lengthier for us to then have to scratch it, put in correct initials. It just, you know, prolongs the process. So do it right from the get-go. So, so how, as compared to the property appraiser, because the property, the property appraiser that. has like 20 characters, right? So, and then they have codes for some of the props for some of the owners so you know you have to make sure you have all the sellers because it's capped and then don't use the codes uh, the codes are not part of the names and so this right. tool allows you to see it directly right as how it's docketed versus seeing what the summary is and then it became it, it ends up giving room you know, for error you know what's funny is i literally just had this yesterday i spoke to a listing agent who listed a, a townhouse fee simple the folio number obviously um was there wasn't a condo. So I looked at the folio numbers, no letters in it. And basically I had to inform her. I'm like, look, we can go FHA. Here's why this is what we should do. And we're going to waive the appraisal contingency, but it's crazy. The listing agent didn't know that IMAP picks that up in two seconds, man. So these are, these are good tools. This is awesome. It's great tools, but on there too. So it does cut off because it does have a limited number of characters, maybe more than on the property appraiser's yeah. website, but it cuts it off. But it allows you right within that same summary sheet, it gives you the recording information for the last sales. So what can you do? You go the extra mile, you're professional. We have a warranty deed that's recorded. Let me open it up. Let me see who's listed as the seller with the correct spelling of the name as it should based on the warranty deed or a quick claim deed, whatever was the last vesting document. And then you fill that out. So that's called going the extra mile, understanding the tools that are at our fingertips and knowing how to use them, right? So that's something important. I mean, IMAP, there are so much I can talk about about IMAP, but I know that we don't have a lot of time, but definitely that's a great tool. You guys go to also another great website for those of you that don't know, MiamiRealtorsLive.com. And you basically log in with your MLS credentials and that will give you on-demand classes that have been pre-recorded that you can search for. So you can type in IMAP and it will give you a full class on IMAP or several classes that they've done. You can also go on YouTube channel and go to the Miami Realtors uh, page where they have also the recorded classes on demand and basically search for that particular class that you're looking for. And they so have good. classes in Spanish as well. So yes, they do. Uh, I think you'll catch a couple of Anthony Nice classes on there if I'm not mistaken. Nice. We are on there, man. Wow, this so good. is good, man. This is really well, good. I have a few more, a few more. I know. Okay, go, go. Go, go. go. Let's talk about the tools. Yeah, PRP is another one, property resource. Um, it has a lot of great information. You could do a lot of great reports. People are going to think that you spent hours of putting this together and you literally clicked a few buttons and it did it for you. Again, it's a tool that comes as part of our Miami Board of Realtors dues that we pay and Florida Realtors. So definitely make sure to know how to use that amazing tool. And then we have showing time. Guys, for all of you listening or whoever's going to listen in the future, there is a tool of, of app that you guys all need to download and it's called Showing Time. Showing Time, if you are using your phone and you're on the road and you need to get showing instructions, your MLS, the link that's on the top of the MLS listing for Showing Time, it does not work when you're on your mobile phone. It only works on the desktop or your, or your laptop version. So you in order to get showing time instructions, you need to download the showing time app. And I'm going to show you what it looks like. So it's, can you see it's, yeah. um, hold on. It went away. I had my Amazon. I'm going to show you. What That's it a looks really good like. tip. Cause like you might think it's not working and you can't get it, but it exactly. doesn't work. No. And I get so many phone calls. Um, let me see. So 
it's this tool over here and it's called showing time. Okay. So make sure you guys download that tool because whenever you're on the go, you put in the property address and you can just click the buttons and it will give you the showing instructions. You save yourself time. You can get into the property right away. Um, and I just want to give a quick example. Actually, I went online yesterday or two days ago and I did an Instagram story, right? I got a new listing in Doral. The, my phone is blowing up. I'm probably one of the few REO agents that actually puts my cell number on the listing, right? Because I want people to call me with questions because I know that's one of the biggest complaints that some realtors have with REO listings and REO means foreclosure listings is that they can never speak to somebody that actually controls the listing or, you know, that, that is the direct agent. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be different and I wanted to make sure that I'm accessible. So I put my phone number there, but I literally spent about three hours that day answering unnecessary phone calls. And what I might, and, and what I mean by that, it's my time, but it's also your time as well, that you guys are picking up the phone and calling me instead of following instructions on the MLS, which means if you knew how to read the MLS and you knew the protocols to follow as a professional agent, you would have also not wasted your time and would have gotten everything that you needed very quickly. So just really quick on the MLS, whenever you guys do have a listing, there are like I probably four steps that you should follow in order to find out and get to figuring out how to see the property. First thing you're going to look and see, okay, is it an REO or is it a short sale? So that's on the top part, REO. If it says yes, you know it's a foreclosure. Great. The next thing I do is I go to the broker remarks, especially when it's a foreclosure or a short sale, you'll typically have additional instructions on there. Like if there are highest and best, if this is an owner occupied property only that's available to owner occupied buyers through a certain date, right? Um, you have that restriction on there as well. And then the next thing I do, I'm like, okay, everything qualifies. I want my client to see this property. What is my next step? It's not to call the listing agent right away because the number is there. It's to go to showing instructions on the bottom of the page to the left underneath the listing agent's name. There is something that says showing instructions. And typically, again, if the agent that's entering the data enters it correctly, and we try to do that, it says showing instructions. And in my showing for that property, it says showing time or showing assist, which is used interchangeably. But guess what? Three hours of my day were spent asking for showing instructions that literally took people a second to click on showing time and get the showing instructions because it's a click and go. So just knowing those basics. And, you know, when I answer these phone calls, sometimes I'm doing a million and one things. Like I don't want to be answering something that I went through the time of entering into the MLS correctly already for you guys to follow instructions, right? So when I do answer the phone, I educate the other agent, but I can only do so much. So do yourselves a favor, educate yourself and understand like how the tools should be used properly to get the results that you want and just be a professional and courteous agent. So I just oh, had to put that out there. That's, no, I that's super important. Awesome. You also schedule right through showing time. You put like when yeah. you go. So I can't, I have a lot of family and friends in the industry, obviously. And, um, I can't tell you how many times I'm with them and, and they get a call and they say, you need to put it through showing time. <laughs> like, I'm not going to write down that you're going to see it at this time. You need to schedule yeah. it through the proper avenues, right? Because right. when you start having a lot of listings, you can't even manage all that data no. in your head or, or no. what the, what the rules are for each property, right? Depending on the seller and, and their, and their like framework of what they need. So, uh, so thank you for that. that. That's a really good tip as well. Yeah. And you know, that segued into just following simple instructions. So before we're so quick to pick up the phone and call because you want to speak to the other person, just read everything. And of course, after you've read the instructions and you have further questions, absolutely give me a call. That means I didn't put enough instructions for you to be calling me. But if you're calling me for information that's already presented and it's there, it's a little frustrating, especially when you're dealing with big volume. And I love speaking to agents and I love helping agents, but not answering questions that are already answered on the MLS. I love it. I love it. That's so good. This is, this is really direct information. It doesn't get better than this, guys. I mean, this is like it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, also guys, like what is your unique selling proposition? We all are agents. We went through the course. We spent thousands of dollars, spent, uh, you know, uh, many hours in, in getting to where we are, but what are you going to do to stand out from the rest of the agents? And that's only a answer that you can give yourself. And I think 
goes back to where we started and just being honest with yourself and understanding and writing it down. Like, this is who I want to be. This is the kind of service that I want to provide to my clients. And so then you got to put the necessary actions in place and follow through and be consistent and do them in order to get there, you know, and don't get frustrated that overnight, you're not an overnight sensation, right? Because it doesn't work like that. Athletes go through rigorous workouts and, and things that they need to do to become Olympic athletes, right? Doctors go through many hours of school and, and, and classes and then trainings and continue to become who they are. So we all start somewhere, but the difference between those that start and get to where they want to be to those that start and never even get through the first year is the consistency being true to yourself and doing the things that you need to do. And there is no excuse in our industry right now on why you cannot be successful. There is zero excuse. I don't care if you don't speak English. I don't care if you know, you're older, everything is there. If you didn't succeed, it's because you did not want it bad enough and it's not your passion and that's okay. And that's okay for you to get out, you know, make more room for people that are passionate about it and go do something else that you're passionate about. I'll say this. Um, and oh, they always say like overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success. They all have stories and journeys and hard work. Nothing is overnight. I'll just tell you guys that. Uh, other than maybe winning the lottery. <laughs> like one day you, you have no money. The next day you won the lottery. Like that's about it guys. So, so make sure that you, you, you do the things you know you need to do to get to where you need to be. It's not a secret how to be a successful agent. You got to make your calls. You got to learn the business. You got to do what you got. You got to like, you know, go out there and, and be available to your clients and give them the good service. And that's really, you know, what you need to do. Um, do you have any tips about how they can market themselves or what, uh, you know, as a new agent with a, maybe a limited bu budget, where should they start? So I think a lot of agents, when they start, they think they're starting from zero. You guys have already a sphere of influence, right? And sometimes we're afraid to tap into that sphere of influence. And I think that's number one tool. We all have a phone with a bunch of contacts. So I think um, making phone calls at least five contacts a day should be contacted from your phone. And it doesn't need to be a sales pitch. All it needs to be is a check-in phone call. How are you doing? What's going on? And then it's going to come back to you. What's going on with you? What's good? Well, you know what? I just started in real estate. It's been my passion for such a long time. And I finally got the balls to do it. And I'm so excited. And yeah, so if you, your family members or friends or anyone is looking to buy, sell or rent, I'm with a great team. I have everything that I need, all the tools and the resources to make sure that, you know, my career is a success. So whatever you need, I'm a phone call away. I'm going to send you my updated contact card. So that way, whenever you need something, you let me know. Also, social media, right? Sometimes we're very shy. We don't want to utilize social media, but you know what? Social media, you're able to get in front of millions of people at the same time. So don't discount social media and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I know we all watch, you know, million dollar listing and we watch all these uh, selling sunset and we all want to be like that. That's not reality, right? So don't, you, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just connect with people, provide value, you know, provide tidbits. And as you're learning, educate the people on the other side. So as you're learning different tidbits, you can go online and say, you know what, guys, in order to be successful in winning that offer or having that offer presented, these are some tools and these are some resources or these are some things that should be followed. So I, you just learned it. Just put it out there and you're going to see that it's going to come back to you in tenfold. So it's yep. like, you know, sometimes people will say, I don't have content to share. You have tons of content to share. Um, so for sure, if you are on a budget, I would say that also teaming up with great people such as a lender partner, you know, or a title company, um, those are great tools and resources as well. And say, listen, you know, I'm going to be your partner. I'm committed to you. I would love to work together. So any pre-approved clients that you have that don't have an agent, I would love to work with them. Right. But you've got to be professional. You got to show that you're going to do whatever it takes to get that person to the finish line. Right. So although you're new, you got you you can show that you can use the resources at your disposal in making sure that you get that deal to the finish line um so good. and uh, yeah and another thing too is making phone calls like don't be afraid of making phone calls like right now 
Um, there's a lot of inexpensive ways that you can look up information of clients through um, skip tracing, right? I just skip traced, I think, three buildings. I have a client who's looking to purchase in a building where the inventory is very low in Beach Club in Hollandale. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get all the numbers of all the people that own those units in the building. My client's interested in a particular line. And instead of calling and doing a sales pitch, I'm calling and introducing myself and letting them know, you know what, this market is so crazy. I haven't been able to find a, a property for my client, but this line is what my client is looking for. So I'm not calling to get your listing. I'm just calling to see if your property is the right fit for my buyer. So if you have buyers, but you don't have inventory to get to them, you have ways of now being able to contact direct, sell, direct owners that may not be looking to sell, but if they have the right proposition, they're like, you know what, we weren't thinking about it, but now that you called, this might be a good fit. And I've done that multiple times. So although, you know, you have a buyer, but not enough inventory, there's ways to do it as well. And of course, it's getting uncomfortable, right? Sometimes it's like, you gotta have the pitch, you gotta um, hear sometimes maybe one person speak and what they say and listen to them before you actually make it your own. But yeah, there's tons of things you could do without having to spend money, guys. I love that. I love that. And and we'll end. I have one like final thought for you guys as we wrap up our hour. And I don't know if you guys want to elaborate on this too. But if you want to make real estate your business, you got to treat it like a business and not like a side hustle, not like a hobby. It's mm-hmm. got to be, you know, it, you treat it like a business if you want it to be your business. So what does that mean? That means having, you said consistency before, that's a super important thing. You need to be consistent every day. You need to, you need to have goals. You need to have projections. You need to have a plan, right? People don't go into business. Oh, they do, but they shouldn't. But you go in without a plan without, let me just roll with it, right? You, you shouldn't be rolling with it. Unless it's, if it's a side thing that you're just getting into and you don't, you don't want to make it your full time. But if you're going full time, guys, you better treat it like it's, it's do or die. And you can't be half-assing your plan, your strategy, you know, okay, what am I going to do today? No, you got to take your day seriously, your time seriously. Make sure you, you use your, your time appropriately on income producing activities, outsource as you gain momentum, outsource what you can and make it your business. Yeah, because that's a goal without a plan is just, just a, a dream. wish. So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a wish, a dream. Yeah, so definitely make sure you guys back it up with actions. Um, and also, another thing too is that it's very easy to do busy work with real estate, right? You could be busy all day long, but not effective. And so, prospecting is something I would say you definitely need to make sure you um, time block. And part of your time block, especially in the beginning, it's prospecting. It doesn't have to be prospecting directly with any particular uh, buyers, but you're looking for partners. You're looking for different ways to do business. So definitely make sure that you time block at least, I would say, three hours a day, especially when you're in the beginning stages of your career and prospect. I love that. I love that. Three Anthony. hours a day. Listen, I'm, I'm taking notes, man. We can all get better and grow. These are all good things. I'm going to recap real quick. Form simplicity, IMAP, um, going the extra mile and getting your ass off the couch and really being consistent about life and, and treating it as a business. MiamiRealtors.live.com, PRP.com, tool show and time app, um, REO section. Make sure you fill that shit out and read it. Uh, and if you're calling Julie, then you better have your, your checks and balances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all good stuff. This is stuff that we, we okay. also discuss on damage control, which is great about time blocking and consistency. And I am so excited that we had you on the show and I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you Thank so you much for your time. So if someone wants to follow you, we put it in the chat, but why don't you tell them um, how to reach you if they want to reach you? Yes. Yes. So you guys, if you need to reach me, my cell phone is available 305-340-1857. You can also follow me on Instagram, Julie underscore the underscore broker. And yeah, let's connect. If you guys have any questions that I can help you with, absolutely. I love teaching agents. I love helping people. You know, if I, uh, uh, if 
we all help each other, this will, this business in general will just be a better place and, and a happy place for all of us to work in. So I'm sure I'm going to cross paths with you at one point or another, and I look forward to that. So, but again, I'm here, I'm very approachable, whatever you guys need, like, let me know and I'll be there to support you. Excellent. Awesome. Thank all right. you. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Episode 50. We didn't even mention that, Anthony. This is our 50th <laughs> episode. Should be on a boat or something doing 50 episodes. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, put, it, put it on the business plan. Is the forms that you were talking about, Julie, I'll ask for them. And then what we would like to do is, is, is post them uh, tomorrow for all the subscribers because that's good content. That's really good content. Excellent. So they, well, they can review it. You guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect. So look out if you're watching this and your subscriber, you will get an email um, on the 28th of May with all the details and the links to the things that we discussed. And uh, again, 50th episode. Thank you so much for all our followers, all our guests, all our hosts. We've done 50. Here's cheers to 50 more. And all we ask is that you guys share the show with your friends, your colleagues, so that we can uh, keep growing and keep sharing and keep helping you guys in the business. So thank you, everybody. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.